Welcome to the Grace Wave Bible Church podcast, a place to be immersed in teachings from God's Word. We hope you will be blessed by the Word of God as we discover together what our Heavenly Father wants us to understand. If you would like more information about our church, how to know Jesus as your Savior, or teachings from the Bible, visit our website, www.gracewaybc.org. Join us now as we dive into God's Word. Let's pray together. So, Heavenly Father, as we come before you now into this um, very solemn moment and serious moment of looking at your Word, we ask that you would, um, you would touch us in a special way, that you would grow us, help us under, to understand more about who you are, what you want for our lives, Lord. We trust you. We want to serve you more, and, and uh, we learn how to do that, of course, by looking at your Word. So thank you for the opportunity we have to have it in our own language, to be able to read it. And the Lord, I pray that you would bless our time as we do so today. In Jesus' name, amen. I talked with a man this week, he's 39 years old. His name is Reggie. He works at ShopRite. So you might, meet, you might see him there should you uh, come in contact with him. You can greet him as I did. And uh, we were talking about life. And Reggie now, at 39 years old, is getting his life together, so to speak. And, and he made decisions in his teens and his 20s that now have made it difficult for him to kind of get his life together. But now he's getting his life together in some good ways. And I commend him for doing that. Um, there's a word we use for that. It's called adulting. <laughs> adulting is a word, maybe you haven't heard of it, but young people use it a lot because it refers to this uh, idea of kind of uh, growing up. It's when you... Um, when you start managing yourself because your parents aren't managing you anymore, so you've got to manage yourself. Uh, it, maybe I was talking to some uh, people in their 20s this week, and they were saying, um, yep, uh, we're learning how to eat differently. We can't eat now like we ate in our teens. I'm thinking, yes, I'm learning that too. Uh, there's this important uh, lessons that we learn that are all part of adulting in our lives, and uh, Reggie now at 39 is adulting. I wish that I could help young people do the adulting thing earlier because there's so many things, there's a path that you can take in life where you can avoid much of the, the, the stuff that you accumulate when you go off and do things that aren't the best, that are not according to God's ways. But you don't know that sometimes when you're a teenager or when you're in your 20s. You don't know that the dangers that are out there, and so it's hard exactly to know what to do. I made a decision at 14 years old. I was saved already, but at 14 years old, I decided to just, I was not going to get involved in some of the things the other teenagers were getting involved in. I wasn't going to rebel against my parents, which seemed to be the norm at that time, and I was going to just try to do the right thing. And uh, I am so glad that I did that. There's a way to live in our lives that can start adulting a lot easier. And if you're here today and you're 39 and above and you're, adu you're adulting now, that's okay. I commend you because whatever age you are, adulting is important. But if you're younger, I just want to say, trust the Lord now and uh, start the adulting process early. It'll save you a lot of pain and a lot of challenges that you might experience in your life. If we were to look at a key passage of Scripture that's about adulting, we would come to this one in Ephesians chapter 4, in verses 14 and 15. So let me read this to you, because this is what it says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to 
grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. When we understand what that means, it really helps us to make some decisions that, that can help us to be more serious about our faith, to grow up in our faith, because that is where so much of the success is found in our lives. And that's what the believers in Nehemiah's time are discovering and so we're only going to look at two verses today. I'm going to slow the whole study down a bit. We've been taking a chapter at a time, but the next three weeks we're going to take just a couple of verses. Next week only one verse. And we're going to slow it down a bit because we're going to see adulting happening in these people over the next three weeks. What's happened is that they have, um, well, let me, let's read the passage. Stand with me. Let's read this first, these two verses, that's all, in, in Nehemiah chapter 10. We're not going to read the first 27 verses, which are just the names of all the people that signed the agreement. But in verse 28, it's one big long sentence. I'll take breaths in the middle. I can't get through the whole thing in one breath. But it's one big long sentence, and it says this. The rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and all who have separated themselves from the peoples of the land to the law of God, their wives, their sons, their daughters, all who have knowledge and understanding, join with their brothers, their nobles, and enter into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law that was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and to do all the commandments of the Lord our God and his rules, or shafat, that's the code, and his statutes." You may be seated. This book of Nehemiah is one of the last books written in the Old Testament. It's written in about 485 B.C., and Nehemiah is the third reformer that comes back to Judah in order to rebuild the temple and the people that are there. He starts with the mission of rebuilding the walls, and he does that, and then he shifts over to, the, to work with Ezra, who was also a reformer, and together then, from the rest of the book, chapter 7 to 13, they're rebuilding the people. That's their goal, to focus in on the people. And so they have this uh, time where they come together and have this big celebration on the first day of the year. They're kind of uh, the Feast of Trumpets, the special day. And they read the Scriptures, and as they're reading the Scriptures, they, they say, wow, this is really valuable. This is really important. We need this. We need to understand this more. And in fact, as they started reading it, they started to grieve about the, the regrets they had. Like I think some people who are 39 years old or in their 30s, they say, oh, man, I've made some mistakes in my life. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And those are when Nehemiah's famous words in Nehemiah 8.10 come into the picture. He says, do not grieve, he says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. He says in that same passage, today is holy to the Lord. Words, We're starting over. We're going forward from now. So wherever you are in your spiritual walk, today is a new day and we're going forward. But now the people in, have this great prayer that they pray, pray in, in Nehemiah chapter 10. And when they do, they're seeing the faithfulness of God, as we saw last week, and the brokenness of people. That we keep making mistakes. Oh, yeah, I'm going to serve the Lord, but then he does good things, and, and good things happen in our lives. You say, oh, I don't need him now. And so we start sloughing off. And so back and forth between the faithfulness of God and the frailty of human, human people. And so they come at the end of, of 10, chapter 10, and they say, this is it. We're going to adult now. We are definitely making this decision. We're actually going to write it in writing so that we have it. And that's why you have all these names then in the beginning of, of chapter 10, where we are today. Now, we're going to pick it up in the last part because there are three things in, the, in this big sentence that I want to point out that are characteristics of people who are adulting. 
And I particularly hope that if you're a young person today, you will uh, pay attention to this and receive it so that you can adult earlier, so you don't have to have the challenges that other people experience that damage their lives and they have to recover and have a hard time recovering. Let's look at the three things that are mentioned here. I underlined this first one. It says that the, all the people who separated themselves. There's a principle in, in life about separation. It's a principle that says that our identity is not found in participation in the world's activities. It's found in separation unto God. That we understand that we're separated to God then we're distinct, we're different. And when we find our identity there, that's a key to life. If we can find our identity there, we don't have to keep validating ourselves with other people and having people like us and, and uh, befriend us and, and uh, approve of us. And we don't have to meet other people's expectations, so to speak, for our identity. But now we have those identity me- needs met in God himself. And, uh, and that's really special. It has to do with separation. Separation is a very important concept that's taught in God's word. It started in creation. When God said, and let there be light, and there was light, there was already darkness on the earth, but God created light. He didn't have to create the darkness. There's already darkness in our world. There's all kinds of problems that are around us, but God creates the light, and He says He separated the light from the darkness. That's our word. He separated the light from the darkness. It gave the light distinction. It made it different. A little bit later in the same chapter in creation, God separated the waters from above from the waters below. He separated them. Now you have a distinct atmosphere and a distinct waters below. There's a distinction because of separation. There's the separation of the waters from the land. He separates it. That same word is used. The same word here is used about separating in creation, and then God starts working with people. And he describes how he wants us to be separate, how he wants us to be different. I want to take you to a passage that describes how God wanted the Israelites to be separate because we can take the same principles and apply them to our lives. Watch this. This is very interesting. This is what God says to the people as he's giving them the law so that they understand the code, the shafat. They understand the code, the success principles for life. You are different. This is what he says. You shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my rules. That's the word shafat. That's the code. That's the code of life. There is a code that's out there, and that code is very important because it's the secrets to life. Here's the problem. Sometimes young people will say to themselves, oh, it's just an ancient book. It's an ancient code. I can just do whatever I want. And so they find find themselves rejecting the code and trying to do whatever they want, and they end up in all kinds of places that they wish they wouldn't be. Oh, yeah, it's pleasurable to engage in the code of the world. But it's dangerous, and there's all kinds of bad things there. And he says, look, you shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my shafat, my code, my rules, and do them, that the land where I am bringing you to live may not vomit you out. I mean, it's, those are graphic words to describe what happens when you're not obeying the code. And you shall not walk in the customs of the nation, the customs, the culture. There's a culture out there today in our society that's dictating a different code than God has. It's very different. And he says, don't walk in that. And the customs of the nation that I'm driving out before you, for they did all these things, and therefore I detested them. But I have said to you, you shall inherit their land, and I will give it to you to possess, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am Yahweh, your God, who has separated you from 
the peoples. You are distinct. You're different. So their identity, this is really important. Think identity because that's one of the things that young people are looking for is their own identity. Your identity is found in Christ. And if you find it there, you have the code, then you can live this life that God has given instructions for. It works. In the same passage in Leviticus, let me continue. It says, because it affects how you eat, he says. And you need to understand that the, the code that God gives us affects every area of our lives. For them, it said, you shall therefore separate the clean beast from the unclean and the unclean bird from the clean. You shall not make yourselves detestable by beast or by bird or by anything with which the ground crawls, which I have set apart for you to hold unclean. It even affects your dietary things is what he's saying to them. Notice verse 26, you shall be holy to me. Now, the word holy is an interesting word that he throws in here because holy means separate. And you might look at holy and you go, whoa, 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 that's just for God. I can't even think about being holy. No, it's this holiness that is separateness. We're not trying to fit into a culture as Christians. We want to participate in the culture, but we're not fitting into the culture. We're not changing our values and our convictions to make other people happy. Our convictions are based on the code, on the shafat, on the rules that God has given to us. And he says, he says, you shall be holy to me, for I, Yahweh, am holy, and have separated you from the peoples. Why? So that you should be mine, so that you'll have your identity in me. So there's a personal relationship we have with God that really changes everything. When you have a relationship with God, it changes everything because God gives us this shafat, this code that helps us to move forward. If you think the code is antiquated, it comes from this old book, it doesn't apply today, you will miss out on the secrets that God has for us. It's the separateness that is where our identity is, and we must separate ourselves. Now, there, this principle of separation must be balanced with the principle of participation because God wants us to separate, but he doesn't want us to live in monasteries necessarily. He wants us to also participate in the culture because that's how we're going to share Christ with other people. That's how we're going to be relevant to the people so they understand that. But we don't sacrifice our distinction in order to participate. We're involved in the culture. We're participating, but we're not losing this distinction. We have to have both of those. It's really sad when a church or an individual decides, I'm going to be, I want to be liked by the people. Some churches then change their doctrine in order so other people will like them so they can attract more people, but then they've lost the distinction that God has for them. This distinction is so important, it is the word, be separate. Be separate. And that's why Paul picks up this idea in 2 Corinthians uh, in the New Testament. He says this, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. You see the identity there? Therefore, go out from the midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Paul's picking this up in the New Testament. In the New Testament, they could have said, uh, those are ancient rules. That, that's not appropriate for today. Just like sometimes young people or even adults will say, ah, uh, that's an old book. It doesn't apply today. It's irrelevant. And I want to tell you, it's a code that transcends all the ages, all the cultures, wherever you are in the world, this code is relevant and uh, applicable in all of our lives. One of the things I do is I train coaches, biblical parenting coaches, to work with uh, parents. And I do this training three times a year, and people sign up for this training. They do it online with me, and I started the, the training last week for this current semester. 
and I've got coaches and they're learning how to work with parents. And my, these coaches are from the United States, but also from Latvia. I know some of you don't even know where that is. La it's a country. Latvia, Australia, Nigeria, Ecuador, and England. And it's really interesting to have all of these people in this network interacting together and talking about the parent they're working with because they're describing how God's principles apply in every culture. The Shafat, the rules, are not just for one culture. They're for any culture. They're for any period of time, any age group, any needs. God's code works. And so uh, we see this calling to be distinct, to be separate, in order to embrace what God has for us. He wants our identity be, to be in Him. He wants us to receive that blessing. There's a different way to live life. It's, it's hidden in the code that God wants us to obey. It means being separated. And that's why He says in our passage today, they have separated themselves from and to. Notice it's from the peoples of the lands to the law of God from the peoples of the land to the law of God. From the culture, the people that you hang around with, maybe even the people in your own family, you're separating from your values from them to the law of God. It's the code that he's describing. What a great principle we must understand. And if we're adulting, we're going to grab onto this idea and say, yes, I need this in my life, which is going to lead me to the next principle, this beautiful word, understanding, at the end of verse 28. Now, you can circle that word, and you can draw a line across it to the word, and, and write the word banah. Banah, B-I-N-A-H, banah. It's the word understanding, but really it's this word discernment. That's, it's one of the wisdom words. There's several words that describe wisdom, all of which are found in the book of Proverbs. So we have a number of words that describe wisdom. This is one of them, banah. It has the idea of being able to recognize future consequences of present decisions. It's, it's, that's why it's called understanding. Oh, I get it. Oh, I wish I would have gotten it earlier. It's that understanding that takes place. It's just a beautiful word, and it's a word that we need to be aware of because if you're adulting, you want more understanding. You want more discernment. You want to realize that what you're looking at has some ramifications beyond it. We all need that in our lives. Let me just take you to the book of Proverbs where this word is uh, shared with us. It says, this is now the very first chapter of the book of Proverbs. This is introducing to us the book of Proverbs so we know why the book of Proverbs is written. It says there, to know wisdom and instruction, to benah, words of benah. I, under, I underlined them both. It's the same word, benah. To understand words of discernment, and that's the word insight. We all need this in our lives. We need to see the ramifications for our decisions. And sometimes we don't know them. As a young person might look at this decision or, or this, and they say, I don't, I don't know why I should do that. It doesn't make sense to me. But they don't know that down the line there is a consequence that's waiting to grab them. How many people go through life saying, oh, there's another credit card application. Look at that. They're giving me a $500 credit limit. I'm going to max that out. I got $500 free dollars. And don't realize. They don't understand. They don't benah realize that they're getting themselves into financial bondage. Oh, what a painful thing. There's some people who say, well, I'm just going to say what's on my heart. I just want to be honest. I just tell people what I'm thinking, and they don't realize that the banah, that there are consequences for just saying what you think. That sometimes we don't say what we think. The code says, only say what is edifying to other people. And so there's this test that's out there. Oh, I wish I would have understood that more. 
I wish I would have. If I knew that, I probably wouldn't have taken that action. That's benign, you see, this, this understanding about life. God has a plan for every one of these aspects of life we must understand in order for us to be effective. And sometimes the banal comes too late, or not too late, but later than we would like it. So in verse 5, he says, let the wise hear. Can you be wise now? At 12 or 14 or 16 or 22? Yes. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. The one who, banah, who understands, obtain guidance. If you want guidance in this world and you, you want to be able to navigate all the challenges in this world, you want to understand banah. Oh, don't we wish we had more of this banah? I know there are, there are people who approached marriage in a way that wasn't all the best, and now they're suffering because of that. There is a way to approach marriage wisely. That's what we're going to spend our time talking about next week, because that's the next verse in Nehemiah chapter 10. We're going to talk specifically about that. There are people who go into their lives, and at the end, as they're getting up, their kids are grown, they're going, man, I wish I'd done this parenting thing differently. I thought it was get my kids into the best school. I thought it was get them on the best sports team. I thought it was investing in all these extracurriculars, but now they've left the faith. Now they're suffering in their lives. I wish I would have done it differently. That's the banal. So you might look at your life as I look at my life and say, wow, you know, there's a lot of banal I didn't have because banal comes with maturity. Discernment comes with maturity or it comes by trust in the shafat, in the code. That sometimes you don't know the consequences of these actions, but I'm going to trust the Lord, and I'm going to obey the code even though I don't understand the ramifications, so I'm going to do that so I don't have to learn by experience. Learning by experience is a painful teacher sometimes. Let's avoid that. But if you are in that place right now where you're going, oh, I have so many regrets in my life, I wish I would have been wiser, then you need to go back to Nehemiah chapter 8 where Nehemiah says, this is a new day dedicated to the Lord. This day is holy to the Lord. Do not grieve. Don't have these regrets. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So you can go on from any point, and if you're 39 years old today and you're getting your life together, I say, congratulations, you've made the best decision of your life. Let's go forward. As the people here are signing their names saying, we're going to make this a written decree. This time we're adulting. That's what they're saying here. I love that. Romans 8.5 says, O simple ones, these are the people that are kind of naive. They, they just wander around life doing what they please, whatever pleases them. They have no idea. They have no banah at all. Oh, simple ones, learn prudence. Banah, banah, learn prudence. Oh, fools, learn sense. It's a warning. It's a call out there, as we see in the book of Proverbs. Wisdom is calling out to us. Grab onto this. This is what we must embrace in our lives. If we go to the New Testament, Paul takes this idea of discernment, and let me just read to you what he says in Ephesians chapter 5. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For what, at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. See, young people, if you would do this by faith and you would say, okay, I don't understand this. There's a lot of people doing things out there. It looks like they're having fun, but I'm going to choose the distinction of being separate. I don't understand it all, but I'm going to trust that the Lord's uh, code, 
His shafat is right, and I'm going to do that. You will save yourself so many pain, so much pain, so much heartache. Follow the code. So powerful. Well, there's one more word I want to draw your attention to back in Nehemiah chapter 10, because I want you to see what their commitment looks like. They're saying, yes, we're going to adult here. And they say, as part of that, we're going to walk in God's law. The idea of walk has this idea of, of being practical. It's going to take it to my daily walk, to my, my daily progress in life. It means I'm going to take God's code and I'm going to bring it into the way I handle my emotions, handle my finances, handle how I eat, how I handle my uh, schedule and time planning. It's going to take all of those things. It's this walk. I'm going to walk in God's law. As we're walking in God's law, we're doing something different. We're living our lives in a way that, that has a path. Jesus really wanted the people to understand this. He wanted to grasp this idea, so he said to them, I want you to know, guys, there's a broad road that people are walking on. It looks really attractive because it's broad and a lot of people are there. If you look around, you're going to say, well, it doesn't make sense, this narrow road. doesn't make sense because I see so many people on the broad road. looks like they're having a lot of fun. And they do. They are having a lot of fun. I don't doubt that at all. But it says, the end of that road leads to destruction. Oh, man, what a warning. He says, but there's a narrow road. It's narrow because there aren't a lot of people on it. And it's a road that leads to to life. Jesus wanted, was pleading with people to understand this concept because if you don't get it, you end up in a place you don't want to be. You can save yourself a lot of heartache if you follow the code. If you follow the Lord in, in this kingdom plan that he has, good things can happen, amazing things can happen in your life. If you are following the code of the world, then a lot of bad things take place. And sometimes you don't understand the things on the narrow road. And that's why we gather together as a church, because if you're with other people who, who are also trying to understand the code, trying to discern what's right, then you're walking with other people. If you're trying to make a decision, I just got to tell you right now, if you're trying to make a decision to buy a house, buy a car, get married, or whatever else that's really big, I would encourage you to get some wisdom from other people before you make the decision. Talk to other people. It's counselors that you have in your life, the people that you go to that you can trust who understand the code. Am I doing this right? Is this okay? Do you see any red flags? That's the, the banah that we want to develop because we want to walk. And so when you walk with wise people, you become wise, Proverbs says. So this walk is a very important part of our lives, what we do, how we do it. And God wants us to be able to embrace that in such a a powerful way. Consider your walk. The walk is the practices that you have. It, it means how do you handle your cell phone? How do you handle your schedule? How do you handle your time? How do you handle your entertainment? That's your walk. And your walk needs to be something that is uh, in line with the shafat. And so I think it's important. The shafat is the code. Is this, is this, uh, we need to align ourselves with God's Word. So regularly looking at God's Word, regularly studying God's Word, regularly hearing God's Word or being in a study is so helpful because we're all trying to develop this. This code is, has a lot of things in it, and it applies to us in so many different ways. So Paul takes this idea and brings it into the New Testament about walking, and he says this. This is the same words uh, that I read already to you, so I just want to read from walk. It says, walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. 
Oh, that's so great, so encouraging. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Yeah, Paul had it. Very important. So there's these three ideas that describe adulting in this passage in Nehemiah, and I just wanted to park there because I believe they're so important and so valuable for us to understand in our lives. We must grasp this idea of what it means to grow up in every way. That's what this, I'll go back to Ephesians chapter 4. It says grow up in every way. How are you going to do that? It's not just by physically growing. It's by having the insight of how does God work? What does he mean? What, how, does, how does that fit into my life? This is not an archaic book. This is, the Bible says of itself that it is living and active. That means that when you open it up, God will speak to you. If you're not in the habit of opening the Bible, young person, I'd say open it up. God will speak to you, and he'll call you to be distinct. He'll call you to wisdom. He'll call you to walk in his ways, and you'll go, wow, I think I'm going to do this. It's going to be a little different because some of the people in my family aren't doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Some of the people at work aren't doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Some of the people at school aren't doing this, but I'm going to be distinct because I want to have my identity in God himself. I want to be his child. I want to trust in him. That's why we... When we come into the faith, we make this decision to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. We say, I want to follow the Lord. I want to become a disciple. I want to follow him in everything that I do. As our children were growing up, each night we would sing the song to them. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent your name is. And then at the end of the song, I would put my hands on on the kids, each one in their own room, and I'd say, Lord, Bless Josh, give him a good night's sleep and good dreams. In Jesus' name, amen. Because I know that dreams and sleep is very important for a person's health and well-being. And so we're saying, Lord, I just want to ask for your blessing. I want to pray for you. I want to guide you. I want to lead you in this. I just want this to be so powerful in, uh, in your life, son. Well, my son, he goes off to college. He goes to Bible college. And when he goes to Bible college, he's 18 years old. First year of Bible college, he's living in a dorm with four other guys on bunk beds in this room. And a lot of them are having bad dreams, nightmares, and all kinds of things. And so Josh says, uh, wow, you guys, why are you having all these nightmares? And one of the guys says, well, for me, I did a lot of bad things before I came to Bible college here. And, and I... Uh, and I guess they're just coming out in my dreams. I just have to work through a lot of stuff, and I'm glad I'm here at Bible College to learn more, but I'm trying to overcome some of those things. And so he says, well, when I was growing up, he says, my dad at night, he would pray for each of us, put his hand on our head and our back, and he would say, Lord, I pray that they have good dreams, a good night's sleep. And they said to him, would you pray for us? 18 years old, Josh goes around to each one of these guys. Lord, I pray for this guy, Lord. I pray that you'd give him a good night's sleep and good dreams tonight. There's a way to live by the code, and I encourage you to grasp that as fast as you can. Wherever you are in life, now is the time to live by the code. God has designed that for us. Let's serve him with all of our hearts. Amen? And Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be honored in our hearts today, that we would take these truths, we would grow up in you, in our lives, wherever we are. Lord, we ask forgiveness for any things we've done in the past. We know we have regrets for some things, but we know that you bring us to wholeness and you want us to move forward and you give us the light, you give us the code that we can follow. So we ask you to lead us today in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for sharing in this message. We pray it will make a difference in your life. 
Please consider joining us for our Sunday morning and evening worship services. For location and more information, visit our website, www.gracewaybc.org, and listen next time to learn more. May the God of peace richly bless you through his Son, Jesus Christ.